Those are ping pong balls falling into a big metal bowl. The balls have numbers written on them. This is the selection. These ping pong balls are going to determine the order of the pitches at the social innovation tournament here in Stockholm. And it matters who goes when, who pitches first, who pitches last, who pitches right before the break when everyone's getting restless. We're talking about 15 pitches from 15 impactful startups over the course of four hours with judges' questions in between. So I think the order matters because what's at stake here is 100,000 euros. That's the first prize for two categories, the general category and the special category, which this year is about sustainable cities and communities. Runners up get 40K. Everyone else, well, their prize is something different. And that's what I want to talk about today, the power of community around this event, this competition. This is Impact People, and I'm your host, Ben. I'm here live at the SIT in Stockholm. Stay with us. Basically, we have four criteria to select the 15 finalists. The first one, and as you can imagine, we are the social innovation tournament, so innovation is one of the four important ones. Then it's the size, the relative size of the problem that they will be addressing. So we want problems that are important to be addressed. Then it's how the solution will be uh, in creating impact to solve that problem. And then the last one is how, what is the, how can this solution be scaled and create even more impact because of the team, because the way that they will access funds, etc. That's Luisa Ferreira, head of social programs at the EIB Institute. She's here today wearing a resplendently colorful coat. She's the one picking the numbers, the ping pong balls. She's running the show at the pitching session. And she opened her remarks by singing The Winner Takes It All by ABBA, because, of course, we're in Sweden. But her point was that everyone here was a winner, especially because of the alumni network that's built up around the SIT. These are people who stay in touch. They know each other. There's a camaraderie they've built together with the boot camps and all of the support and they just generally seem to get along. I got the chance to sit down and talk with three of them. We were in a park. Yeah, my name is uh, Hugo. I'm the, the founder and CEO of Dreamwaves. And uh, at Dreamwaves, we, we have built a navigation app to guide people uh, anywhere simply by listening and following sounds. We focus a lot on blind people because they are like the group that, that can really benefit from, from this. But... Being guided by sounds can also be useful for a lot of other people, like people riding bikes and, and things like that. Already there at the boot camp, we started listening to the people were saying, you know, you're already a winner because you're an alumni and you will see that being an alumni is an amazing thing. And 
it's really true. Like we, we, we already heard that there and then being alumni is a huge value because we have all the trainings, we have all the inspi inspiration from our peers and so on. At this point, an older gentleman came and sat down next to me and Hugo and started to sing a song. So we got up and moved to the other side of the park. But basically, I mean, for me, how, how I feel is first, I really have the feeling of being part of family. Yeah. We come here now to the next year alumni meeting. I meet the people that we meet in all these impact conferences, other places. We know each other already pretty well. We know each other's problems. We talk about them. It's really a cool support network. And then all the training opportunities are amazing. So I think like being really part of a group where you feel the actual support is really, really very cool. I'm, I'm, I love it. Yeah. What's next for Dreamwaves? Like, what's the latest, latest news and goals? Yeah, so on, on the, we have two paths on the plate. So we are doing something which is pretty cool that I really like. We are working with the public transport, uh, public transport authority in, in Vienna to make navigation inside metro stations for blind people. Mm. So this is our first major product, uh, our first major project uh, with, with, with such a big authority which can have, help us have a big, big reach. That's going on really, really well. Let's see, we have the technical part is already working pretty well. Now we, we, we'll see how all the matters of expanding that will, will, will work. It's always a challenge. On the other hand, we are focusing a lot also on bike riders because the app as is is already very valuable for bike riders as we talked before. And, and we are also focusing on, 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 on looking at companies. We focus on B2B, so we're focusing on companies which can get a benefit from riders having more safety and, and, and faster rides, which are delivery companies. So we are talking with delivery companies and, and looking into this path too, that we can make an impact by making rides safer and we can have an economic impact too for them. So in principle, it, it can be, could be easier to get customers. But those are the two big things. One is more favorite than the other, but that's how it is. <laughs> Afia spoke about Kokido, a co-parenting solution that she pitched at the SIT in 2020. As I said, I am not the founder. There's many parents who are the founders. Let me explain a little bit about that because I think it's very important. The parents, they get a piece of methodology from us, how to create childcare, okay? And then we are very much in touch with what they do and they give us back innovations on our own system. So for example, carpooling from and to school, other solutions, they have developed themselves how to include vulnerable families. They call it the Kokido tourists role. Um, so we learn all the time from them. It's like the open source principle. And then we create, we share this, these inventions, this knowledge, this problem solving they have with other groups. And that's how in a spiral way, the whole community of parents is constantly evolving, uh, Kokido. So first of all, it's a sense of, uh, there's more people like us and, uh, we, we can relate to each other. And this means a lot. In, in meanings of resilience as an entrepreneur itself. Next to that, we were offered a lot of coaching uh, by the best coaches in the world. Um, the whole program, the boot camp, gave us really uh, clear insights on the impact we want to make and also the, how to scale that impact. We also could participate in June last year 
on the Scaling Impact Executive Program. So I met more change makers. <laughs> and, um, and actually, you learn so much. You have this sense of European family you can uh, reflect with, get in touch with. And we are offered, yeah, so much, so much more, uh, connections and trainings. So yeah, it means the world. As everything is evolving, the mindset is evolving. Also, investors world is evolving. And, um, also there, there's already more, um, awareness about what, uh, social entrepreneurship and social innovation can mean now it's really important that there's a variety of financing mixes that 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 really helps social enterprises grow uh, in their rhythm but taking an account that also the optimizing of the impacts is is important so uh, patient money is really important and different formulas within that patient money I can also see there is a huge difference between financiers in Europe or, for example, in Belgium. Um, the f there's a very little formulas that are adapted in Belgium. Sometimes there is the idea that a social enterprise can be as lucrative as a traditional enterprise, but then we need to translate impacts into... Uh, profit like the impact is a profit and this needs to be calculated and it can only be done if we communicate together and if we work together we need to co-create it together with the financiers yeah that's that would be my main invitation let's co-create the uh, also the financial ecosystem rawa talked with me about her circular fashion startup resortex so the problem that Resortex is trying to solve is in the realm of the textile industry. Why is that? Because every single second, one garbage truck full of textile waste is disposed around the world. This is a huge amount of pollutants and money that we are wasting every single year. Textile industry is, is the uh, fourth most polluting industry in the world, is responsible to up to 10% of global uh, emissions, of CO2 emissions around the world, and also is responsible of polluting more than 20% of drinking water around the world. So this industry is impacting the, the nature, the environment, and the people. And why? Because there's a lot of overproduction and a huge waste, and that's what we are trying to solve, to kind of make this waste bring the value back into produce new material with, avoid this waste in, as much as possible, and therefore really benefit from the unlocking the environmental impact of it. Following the SIT tournament itself was a very interesting experience and a beautiful way to see other impact ventures and other solutions. Uh, but what was very impressive about it is the continuous support, really creating this safety network with like-minded people that doesn't make you feel alone in your venture, uh, in your challenges day to day. And this continuous support of learning, providing material, uh, connecting the dots and meeting uh, other 
alumni uh, in in separate events, hearing each other, um, not being alone on your startup for one. Second, connecting the dot, giving introductions to each other, to other ventures or other geographical locations, uh, co-solving uh, problems sometimes can help. Uh, but of course, the the amount of trainings that we received is is immense and it's very very valuable and it's shaping a lot of how we work on certain projects internally. There's a piece of copy on Resortech's website I really liked. Sustainability is a cost. Circularity is an investment. I brought this up with Rawa. Yes, I think uh, investors are key stakeholder in the value chain in the businesses to unlock potential. And a smart stakeholder would need to be visionary and see where the profit and growth can occur at long term. Investing in an impact ventures, in an impact startups is a very smart move. Why? Because you are working on a risk management profile. You're working for a planet where you are trying to avoid and mitigate risk by investing in companies that are sustainable, that will last, that the businesses will be sustainable and not something that will end up into a wall with climate crisis and the consequences of climate crisis on the supply chain, on the, the floods, on the fires. So it's really, it, it makes financial sense to invest in financial sustainable ventures like Impact Ventures. Maybe it's worth mentioning that Hugo and I look quite a bit alike. In fact, there was some confusion at the breakfast check-in as to whether he was me and I was him. And actually, a lot of people at SIT asked whether I was an alum, one of the people who had pitched in the past or won in the past. This I found pretty flattering because uh, these people are a lot smarter than I am. But my, my point is here that it, this question was always asked of me with a real sense of friendliness and interest. Like, what are you doing now? As an alum, how is your enterprise doing? And it taught me that this is a community that very clearly sticks together. They learn from each other, they stay in touch, there's still a big WhatsApp group going. And that's what I saw. That's what I saw at SIT, and that's what I saw again when the numbers were being drawn. I was in the audience, and I saw Afia, Hugo, and Rawa sitting side by side, watching the next generation of social innovators take the stage. Now, there was a nervous energy in the room. Nerves were up among the pitchers, as you could expect. But I also saw the effect that an audience of their peers had on these people. They knew they were making their pitch to the jury, sure, but they also were making their pitch to the one group of people in the world who best understood them, who got it, they got it and who could give them, practically, the feedback they needed to take their pitches to wider and wider audiences of capital providers and others. That's next. 15 pitches, five prizes. That's next time on Impact People. All right, wait, 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 wait. Stop the song. I, I, let's do something else. Um, <clears throat> I think it's time for a new segment on Impact People premiering today. I want to call it 
Rate the chairs. Nate, if you want to put some reverb on rate the chairs, let's do that. We're going to talk about the chairs Um, because we sat in these chairs for four hours at the pitching session. The pitch room, it looked a bit like the bridge on a very smartly designed spaceship. The chairs were padded, chestnut leather, and they swiveled. Phenomenal. The swivel, that meant that wherever you were sitting in the room, you could make eye contact with the pitcher. The padding was just plush enough, but not some mushy marshmallow. The ergonomics were all good. I felt supported. This chair set the bar for all conference rooms chairs, I think. 10 out of 10. 